0: Well, I made a set list almost exactly similar to what we did two Saturday nights ago. Okay. But exactly the same one that we've been using since about two thousand and two. So. Okay. Figure that probably works. Yoshimi.
1: Okay. Two thousand two. The other side.
2: ride
1: live we die, and do it all, you might not think twice, the truth is, we're all part of the normal life.
0: Welcome, man, another week of the Normal Life Podcast. This is really embarrassing to only do this every few weeks. When, above all, there was a commitment Jason and I made to ourselves to hang out once a week and to do this once a week. And so we've fallen down on that. So, eh, I've got a little bit of verklempt feelings. There's an SNL reference from the mid 90s about this. But either way. And also because Jason and I have seen each other multiple times recently. But we've seen each other, we've hung out, it's been late at night too tired to really do much after that. I mean, I'll be honest, it's exhausting to hang out with Jason, but it's been fun too because we've been able to play a lot of music recently. So that's where this little 10-minute episode, if you can call it an episode, comes into play because this is revolving around us being able to do some music recently together and kind of an interesting situation that came up last night as we were finishing up playing at a place that I had the cool opportunity for the last month all through January, every Thursday night, I was the artist in residency at a place called Cherry Street Tavern here in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I was able to play the family friendly show from 6 to 8 p.m., which I felt good about, so anybody could come in, no cover, there's no smoking inside, great food, cool setup, a pair of brothers, the Bohannon brothers who run the place and do a great job there, and so it's just cool to be involved with something they're involved with because they're people that I respect and not only as individuals, but also as musicians, really great musicians too. And got to do that throughout January. So Jason and I were there last night as I was finishing up the last Thursday night, along with my friend, Butch Ross, who joined in and played a set really, really talented guy, butchross.com if you want to look at more of his music. So it's been fun over the last, Five weeks in particular, I've played music in public spaces officially, not just open mics or be going out and playing on the bridge, something random, perhaps like that, but playing specific setup shows, quite a few, I think, maybe seven or eight in the month of January. So for me, that's a lot. I'm not a aspiring full-time musician. One, because I know that well, well, I'm not going to be browbeating, I think I have a certain level of talent. I know that that's not my giftedness or that I'm putting enough time and effort into really being a polished singer and guitar player and songwriter. So being able to play seven or eight times in a month and get paid for it and play with other musicians who are great and play in places that have talented individuals, a lot of local talented individuals, by the way, and touring acts come in is pretty cool to me. And so ego-wise, it's been affirming because I've played a lot of my own songs because it was technically like a show that I was doing. So I thought, well, I'll try to play some of my songs then, especially if I'm gonna play at the same place every week. Maybe people who come back each week, not necessarily to hear me, it's kind of like my friend Butch Ross's song, you came to see your friend and you ended up with me which often happens when you're playing out music-wise. Someone happens upon you, so it's nice to, to share your own songs, but they don't know them, so how do you engage them? So you play cover songs, or things maybe they've heard before, and so it's been fun to week after week have maybe some people show up again, most likely just to see their friends, but then we get to kinda build a little connection through the music and through songs that I've written And there are a handful of those that I'm proud of. There are some that I, yeah, I need to do a lot of work on. I don't really play them in front of people because they're just not that good. Objectively, just not that good. But some I feel have a a point to them, have a message to them. They're a little different sounding or, yeah, different in message. And maybe people would not expect to hear that in a bar or hear that at a place I might be at or hear a person like me singing about a certain topic Take that how you want. Either way, it's been fun to do those kind of things. And Jason and I have gotten to do several together, too. So that's always good, to do it with friends, share it with friends, go out and perform, see friends who come out, which is always very... It feels good, always very affirming. Except when my friends brought their two little kids. I won't name their names. Keep their anonymity anonymous. Brother kids out and they booed us and gave us thumbs down for the first several songs. Now, in their defense, we did say, look, this is gonna be a two-hour set. So if you're gonna be here for all of it or part of it, or a significant amount of it, if you start off clapping right from the start, if it feels good, but there's no way you're gonna keep that up. So eventually, by the hour, the first hour is over. You're not clapping anymore, you're indifferent because you started off so strong. And so now we feel worse because now we've warmed up and probably sound better, but the response we get is really low key. So we told them like, let's start off slow. You don't have to clap. You can even just be indifferent the first few songs. Then we'll build up to by the end of the two hours, standing applause. So they, I guess they followed that logic and they just booed us and gave us thumbs down. But either way, it's good to see them. So all this to say, we were playing some music last night, Butch, Jason, myself, and afterwards some things came up. And so this is just a little look into that and a thought provoking question of what do you do in situations like these? All right, we're just leaving Chay Street Tavern where Jason and I got to play some music tonight. We've done a couple times this month and a situation has come up that has probably happened at least 15 other times when the two of us have been together out in public. We've just eaten somewhere. We've just gone to a game. This is the first time it was after playing music together. There will be a crowd of people. Standing outside, equally as unapproachable as we might be at that time, and then someone will walk up and come over to us. This is not a humble brag, by the way.
1: It's just interesting. It's just a case study more than anything
0: else. I've never been in a situation where I'm around a group of people that I know, or strangers, especially when I'm with Jason, where there's another person who's looking for assistance. They would like... Some money, something to eat. One time it was clean socks, and I've never been in that situation and seen that and not had that person come over to where I am, or if I'm with Jason, Jason and I. There's nothing it's about magnetic. me magnetic.
1: Nothing about there, me says income. There is that the, these people have an internal compass, and we are true north.
0: <laughs> Sucker north. It took a long time for me to finally establish, okay, here's what I'm going to do. When someone asks for money or food or an item or a thing, I don't want to tell people no because someone may really need something, especially if they say I need food. I just don't want to give out cash because I did that early on and went through some cash and uh, I don't know how it was used, but I just feel like, oh, I can't be doing this all the time because I don't have the money. But if somebody needs something, let's go, let's do it. So I remember... 15, 16 years ago you and I were out downtown Chattanooga Must have went and eaten somewhere it's late we get out someone asked us for something I just remember them getting in the car with us and us riding through downtown like going to a place where they said their car was getting out of the shop yeah or the when shop. was this? it was like midnight and the shop been closed forever and then like well maybe we can go to, to the store and get something yeah
1: why, when was this?
0: Uh, this was like 15, 16 years ago this was a long time ago I forgot about this, and it, it was like I need, I need like <laughs> to pay for the tire that I got replaced on my car, and like, well, we'll go with you. We'll just, we'll just pay for it there. Okay, let's do it. And I thought, oh, all right, he's getting in with us. But it's like eleven o'clock. <laughs> we get to the place. What do you know? It's closed. And he's yeah. like, oh well, how about a beer at the you know, at the gas station or whatever? But <laughs> I mean, we, we we rode this thing out for probably an hour. So all that to say, we're at another potential situation like that. Oh, yeah. What was the gentleman saying to you? I kind of got distracted when the youth group drove up to the bar.
1: He said he was going to slow walk back towards the apartments and meet us there. And he's not going anywhere, so I'm. it's leading me to believe that he's not going to be slow walking back to the apartments.
0: Back to an apartment where he and his wife and his two twins are going to stay and they're and paying son, someone.
1: Okay. Who has but, autism, apparently. Oh, wow. And he himself, he said, has autism.
0: And we're going to... He was wanting money. He's got some of the money to pay someone to stay in their apartment for the night. So I offered just to go and help pay for the hotel. But it's actually someone's apartment. So they're like, all right, well, we'll go to the apartment. And you're like, I'm going to go to the apartment and talk to them.
1: Yeah, pay, pay those people. Okay. If there's an actual apartment with a room, I'll pay those people.
0: So, just interesting situation. What's your personal... Internal tension with people who ask for money when you're just kind of out and about, or ask for things. What What do you?
1: For me, it all hinges around being cold, and if there's kids and kids or animals involved. So, like, it could be a potentially pretty cold night tonight. So, I, I'll feel bad about making no attempt to help him. Right. You know.
0: The, the story feels like a story. Doesn't feel maybe like a legitimate story. No. But you never know. I mean, I had a situation where a guy came into the Big Brother Big Sister office, asking for help to get to a place, him and his two boys, they need a ride. That, that's all it was, I see we need to get to ride to get to like Red Cross or something. Oh, okay, is there a bus that runs? Yeah, there's a bus that runs, they went waiting for the bus, couldn't get on the bus. It's like two miles away. All right, well, I'll give you a ride, let me leave work. I, whatever, that's fine, we'll give you a ride. And then it turns out the place was closed. And then we called him and the number was no longer working. And then we tried another place. And it, went, it was a whole afternoon. Eventually they ended up, he and the two boys, staying for three or four days in my backyard in a trailer that I had there that was a friend of ours. And so it worked out and he, they were really in a, in a bad spot. So I mean, you just never know when someone needs a hand. There's just all these other situations that come up. So get, not... Giving out cash has been that tension point. Alright, I want to help someone, but I don't want to give out cash. Mm. I think most people just lie and say, I don't have anything. Or or you just ignore the person. And so it might be a safety issue. You just feel like, here's a person coming up to me on the street at night. I don't know this person. Right. If
1: but was... I don't get that excuse because I'm never feeling unsafe about that.
0: Well, I yeah, I'm overly confident in these kinds of things. Like, all right, sure, well, let's ride together. Hop in the car. Let's go for a ride and let's Let's figure it out. And sometimes someone will just say, "Yeah, that'd be great. We we'll go get a, t- you know, a chicken sandwich." And they're like, "Hey, appreciate it. All right, awesome. Have a good night." And other times, I've had someone get in the car, get in the car, and say, "Hey, man, I don't want to put you out. Just you know, five six dollars would be great." I say, "No, it's no problem. Look, I mean, I can, we can take you right to the place right. so you don't have to walk." Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me get closer. He's like, "Actually, I mean, you just want to give me. I, I can just take it and go inside." I was like, "No, no, we we'll just do it. I thought you wanted to help me." No, I am. I, I just, that's why I want to give you a ride and then we just get the man. I, I thought you wanted help. Just let me out. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute. This went in a whole different direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess that's all I got. I just thought it was an interesting situation. Well, all right. So more, now we're gonna more, slow drive no, over. Fa- I'd
1: like to fast drive and see if his family is where he says they are. Okay. All right. We'll check back.
0: All right, so we took the ride. We went to the area of town where the gentleman told us his family was waiting for him to come back. And we went to where... That's where we were going to meet him, which we didn't necessarily think we were going to meet him there, but you never know. So we took the drive, and turns out nobody was there. We waited a few minutes. We drove back around. And then Jason wanted to have a positive spin to the evening after that disappointment by coming back and learning Interstate Love Song. So you can probably hear him in the background. He's pretty excited about it. What's up? I'm just, you know, giving an update on our little excursion. No, yeah, there's no family there. And then I said to save the night, you wanted to come back and play an interstate love song. So
1: I actually, by the way, would have followed that all the way through and gone to 1204B. Without him? Yes. I just knocked on the door and said, hey, do you have somebody that's supposed to be staying here and they're supposed to be paying you for a room?
0: And Again, like it, well, it wasn't as late as I thought it was. I thought it was later, but it's, it's still. Nine. At nine-ish at night. I know. Show up to someone's house who doesn't know you and knock on the door. And it wouldn't bother me. I, I didn't say it would bother you. So it would bother- <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, that is the epitome of Jason Foster. <laughs> I mean, showing up at a random stranger's house at 9 a.m., interrogating them about who sta- stays at their house. That wouldn't bother me. Okay. Well, there we go. So now we're going to practice some songs. You yeah, and- something was dangerous. I'm saying it would bother So, there we go. Well, there you go what do you do in a situation like that do you have a policy that you've had to adopt over time maybe you live in an area where this doesn't come up this only became really a thing to me when i moved into the downtown chattanooga area 2007 maybe 2006 i had had situations or experiences before then of seeing people especially when you're out late at night or after a major event I'm feeling compelled, like I wanna help someone. I can't just walk past somebody who's asking for help. And then realizing, okay, this is a little more complicated than just someone's asking for help and I give them a few dollars and it's super helpful. I don't wanna be indifferent. I don't wanna just be rude. What would a Christian do? What should they do? It can't just be ignore somebody. It can't just be lie to them. So I had to kind of like develop a policy because I knew I was gonna live in this area, it was gonna be downtown, I was gonna visit cities. So maybe if you live more in a rural area, suburbs or you don't get into certain parts of town where you're going to see people regularly in those kind of situations. You may not have a certain policy or philosophy that you follow. Maybe you do, though. I'd be curious. What do you do in those situations? If you're a Christian, I feel like there's a mandate to help people, to not just assume, well, if I do this, they're going to do this and that and that. Also, there's a mandate to be good stewards of our time and energy and resources and money. So some people use that as reason to say, well, I don't just give money out because that would be foolish because that person is just going to take that money and buy beer. They're going to take that money and do this. Okay. So maybe you don't give out cash. I agree with that. Do you give any time? Do you stop and talk to that person? It can be intimidating. It can even be scary depending on when, where you see the individual, how they strike you, Um, I would not probably recommend to my sisters, oh yeah, you should go out at midnight in a downtown area and engage every person who walks up to you asking for money. I feel like they're, you know, I don't think it's dangerous when it happens to me, so maybe that's me being sexist. I think it'd be more dangerous for one of my sisters because of uh, them being more vulnerable. I don't know. But I can see why some people would not want to engage. But how do you do it? Do you have a thought behind it, a process? Whatever it is. Okay, little short episode here of The Normal Life. Hopefully back next week with more of a full length. And looking forward to this weekend, because we're playing music again, twice. Over a place called The Moxie, which is a hotel in the downtown area. There's some kind of fundraiser going on this weekend. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting back together with Jason next week. Looking forward to recording another episode. Until then, hope you have a wonderful week. See you next week on The Normal Life.
2: The flying crane's above my head. The windy chill, it slaps my face. The sky is beautiful and loud above. And I'm thankful for this lovely day. So take cover and look up. Beware of what's ahead. There's so much you can see all around you take cover beware the cranes are flying low oh my god you have made such wonder